Hey everyone, welcome to Project Esports Podcast. Today, I don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, we got a couple small topics to lead off the episode. A um, couple really cool things that we've mentioned in previous uh, podcasts and that we're kind of coming back to touch up on. But then we're going to hand it all over to Dylan and God knows what's going to happen because he is hyped up and you will find out what about later. But I'm just giving you a disclaimer that it's going to be an interesting episode. Um, but as always, um, my name is Andrew Nimsger and I'm kind of the founder, co-host, whatever you want to call it. And I have with me my other two hosts. I'll let both of you guys do a quick introduction. Yeah, I'm uh, James Graham, uh, amateur esports, uh, amateur League of Legends fanatic, and uh, now a scheduling coordinator. And I'm Dylan, a.k.a. Beal for Real. Um, I'm your resident hype boy, esports, jack of all trades. Hell yeah. So yeah, just kind of get going right into the first one. Um, I just kind of wanted to bring back up the 2K League. I remember in one of our very first episodes, I kind of mentioned it a little bit, like, oh, what do you guys think about this and all that kind of things. And it's definitely a lot farther down the road now. So the January, so I'll just kind of give you guys all background knowledge, any of our listeners that don't know too much about it. Um, the 2K League is obviously the NBA's official esports league based on the 2K video game. Um, how it kind of worked is in January, um, you had to go into like the My Player career mode, play 50 games, win 50 games, I believe, actually. Um, and then off of that, you would kind of be rated. And then teams would go with that. Um, this last weekend, there was the Combine where like the official teams would actually kind of invite players like, to kind of play for them and that kind of stuff. So it was a big Combine weekend. And then coming up soon, there's going to be an official 2K draft where the 16 or 18 teams, something kind of like that, will be drafting these actual players and be paying them, having team houses and all that kind of stuff, very similarly Overwatch League. So it's a lot progressing, and the season begins in March, I believe. But just recently, they announced that the prize pool is going to be $1 million. Um, I know it's inaugural season, and obviously the NBA is backing it, and it's not by any means the biggest prize pool out there but I guess I was kind of amazed how big of the prize pool is going to be on top of kind of all the benefits the teams already have to pay for these players so when I first brought this up you guys are kind of skeptical and like kind of interesting to see where it's going like based on what's happened the last couple months are you guys kind of more supportive of this or are you still kind of skeptical of how the league's going to turn out um oh Dylan if you don't mind I'll I'll kind of go first on this um I think I don't know, despite the fact that, yeah, like, I mean, we're seeing all this hype, and, like, we're seeing, a, like, a de- like again, like, a million dollars is a, is a pretty decent prize pool, and it's, like, it's debut year, and I also really enjoy the fact they're running, like, a combine, like, they're really staying, like, true to, like, the sports setting. Um, like, that being said, I just don't know the longevity, like, I don't know how, how long it'll last, like, I mean, yeah, it's always dope to see, like, these, these sort of things, like, really blow up their, their debut year, but it's just how much life are we going to get out of it is i guess my big uh, so that's i guess that's probably the big reason why i'm still skeptical is that i don't know how long it'll last but it's cool to see like how much how much effort they're putting into it now yeah i'm pretty much on the same boat um i don't know how like it's awesome that they're you know funding it to a million dollar prize pool and it has that really good boost going into its first season that's super good and that's exactly what they should be doing if they want to have this go anywhere but like uh, I'm still super skeptical about like viewership and if it's gonna be worth it for them to actually run this league. Um, I definitely think it could work. There's definitely an audience out there that is, 
I would say it's like also different from a normal esports audience. Like there is overlap, but there's definitely new people out there to get, and there's new people to reach out there. Which, if they can reach them properly, it will totally, totally work. But if they're just going after the already established esports crowd, I'm really skeptical on that. Okay, that makes sense in all that. And this kind of came up just as you guys were kind of talking about it. So. A lot of these, like, kind of your worries uh, could have easily been said about the Overwatch League already. And obviously the first spring split just ended. So, what do you, I mean, I love, I always keep coming back to Overwatch, but have, has that league put all those worries to um, rest too? Or could you see that that league also falling apart after the first league? Or do you think that one's here to stay? I just see a lot of similarities between the two as you guys have been kind of talking about your worries. I think. I think. Sorry, you go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. All right. Um. You know. Uh. I think. I think. The where there is similarities between the two. I think where the game, the genre of esport is different. Like, uh, Overwatch is like again like a team based object like a team objective based shooter. I think is like the the technical term for it. Where the two K games is just straight up sports. So I think that's where a lot of my concerns come in. Like yes, where they are parallel and stuff like that. Um, I feel like Overwatch reaches a larger market, and 2K, where yes, they do have their own specific fan base. I don't know if a lot of those guys are like uh, like a lot of the 2K players that are like you know diehard fans um, are interested in seeing pro play of it. Um, but that that might I you know I have a I have a fairly limited knowledge of that of that scene, so I'm not too sure. I mean I I I get where you're coming from, Andrew. Where you I like. I think that was my big worry with Overwatch is that after its first year, I was just like, I don't know what the hell is going to happen to it. But I think given how well it was received and how much how much media coverage it got and everything, like, I mean, I don't think it's going to go anywhere for at least a little bit. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess the the fan base and the genre, I guess, is my big my big concern for the for the 2K League. Yeah, and so. Mine and James's opinions always are always parallel for the most part on a lot of things. So let me just say basically that, but with a few different caveats into it. Uh, So my biggest issue with the Overwatch League going into it was the spectating aspect of it. Um, Overwatch had a lot of issues with the spectator client and all that. They definitely resolved that. They made spectating it wonderful and it works so well. And that's why I think it is doing really well right now. Um, And I think it's going to still do good. The issues I do have with the 2K League is that um, the normal Overwatch person that's watching Overwatch is someone who uses Twitch already. It's someone who uses Twitch, is in, super into esports for the most part. Now, the average person I see watching the 2K League isn't that average esports watcher. I definitely see people outside of the Twitch sphere being into this and being like super on board. And I think those are just the people they need to reach. And they can reach them, like I said before. This is going to do really well, I think, because I know tons and tons and tons of people who play 2K and are super into it. It's the same type of crowd that has like a huge FIFA following, which I know pro FIFA is a super big thing in in Europe, and there is streams for that that people watch. The issue is you just got to learn how to capture that correctly. And if 2K, the 2K League can do it, this this will do well. So I think it all hinges on that. Okay. And yeah, I guess I'll kind of put my opinion on it. I won't talk about the Overwatch League too much because you guys know how hyped I am. I definitely <laughs> think that's here to stay for at least a while. But um, kind of going back to the 2K League, I think 
I'm still up in the air about how well it's going to do. I do think that it's going to do well, and I do think it'll go on beyond just one season or two seasons. I think it will be around for a while. But I think the NBA is doing everything right in building that base that you're kind of the, having the problem with, Dylan, is that the average 2K player may not, or the average NBA fan may not be the one that is interested or already watching Twitch. Well, they just put the G League on the Twitch. So they're definitely doing these right moves and definitely thinking big picture about building the eSport. I don't think that putting the G League on Twitch was exclusively to help the 2K League, but I definitely think that had a really big impact on that. And I think the NBA is just being very smart about how they're doing this, that they're going to find a way to make it work and that they are going to find a way to make that work because, I mean... There's a reason that they can come out with a new 2K game every single year and make money on it because these kind of sports franchises are that developed and that popular. So I see no reason why that can't be brought over to an eSport if it is done well. And everything the NBA has done so far makes me believe that they're going to do it well. Yeah, I mean, like, even if you look at the, uh, like, I, myself, I am unfortunately a, uh, a big Mavericks fan. And... Um, there, they like uh, Mavericks Gaming is actually like a de- or yeah, I think it is called Mavericks Gaming is a decent like like they're like and a lot of these teams follow the same the same setup, whereas like they're trying to establish these these very very active like uh, like Twitters and stuff like that to really promote the game as well. So it's it's not like it's a it's a half-assed effort to get into Mavs Gaming. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not a half-assed effort to get into the into the uh, to the esports scene, right? Like they're really giving it their all, and I mean, I guess like even looking at the Mavs esports team, they like they're sitting at like 26k followers, and this was this was set up in May, so I mean, I yeah, man, I guess I I mean maybe that puts some of my fears to rest that they're they're really doing they're doing a good job with it, like they're but it's again it's just it's just longevity, I guess it was what it really what it really really boils down to. Dylan, do you have any last points or? kind of want to move on to the next topic from here uh no i think it just about covers it oh yeah james i'll kind of head off to you and let's see what you kind of got to go on about today yeah yeah so um my uh i think i'm gonna kind of have a bit of a throwback to the previous podcast i was on because i of course missed missed last week due to um scheduling errors aka my sleep pattern um so two two crazy 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 good things happen in uh, the esports scenes, both in realms that I'm not exactly familiar with. Um, the first one was uh, Jijuri, I believe I'm saying her name right. Um, That's how I say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is uh, set to join the, the Shanghai Dragons. Um, I know we've talked about it previously that the Shanghai Dragons have not really had a really good debut season. Um, when the when the article was posted for Jijuri, uh, they were sitting at like four and thirty three and zero and eight. Like, I mean, they were <laughs> up until today on comparison of the Golden Guardians of the LCS. Like, they were doing crap. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of bad reception for the Shanghai Dragons as well, as they looked like they didn't want to be there and stuff like that. Um, that being said, Jijuri um is the first female um Overwatch pro player to join a roster. Um, Jerry unfortunately has received like a lot of flack um, for being like for uh, for cheating and like boosting and stuff like that. Um, but like I mean, her skill kind of sets for herself. I believe she's sitting at number six right now overall. Um, I guess she's quite uh, a Zarya player. Um, and I guess the main reason that she's moving into Shang- uh, the Shanghai Dragons is to kind of bridge the communication gap between the South Korean players and the Chinese players. 
Um, so for her being the debut player, that's a it's a pretty big deal. Um, for kind of for something we've we've kind of heavily talked about, where it was like you know we want women to have a bigger representation. Um, and Jujuri thankfully is very adamant. Um, like she's again one of these people who does not want to be like you know the the lightning rod for female players. She's just there to play, which is sick. So um, yeah, so that's that's super dope. Um, and the other thing was um, the and it's kind of like a, a two-part story. Um, the pre-winter Olympics actually is including esports now. It's including StarCraft II. Um, and the winner of said pre-winter Olympics um, event was Scarlet. Um, Scarlet's a fairly well-known um, uh, StarCraft player. Um, plays, plays Zerg, I believe. Um, and she took a, I think it was a, I think it was a three-one or four-one victory over SOS, uh, formerly known as Shy. Who, as I like, just basically, I once I started watching the match because my uh, a coworker within Honor um, basically was like hyping up. He's like, "This is this is crazy." I went and looked at Shy's record or SOS's record, and the guy is pretty. He's pretty decorated. Um, he's taken uh, two WCS Global Finals. Um, he's won IEM. He's won MSI. Like, I mean, the guy, the guy is no joke. For so, for her to take a, that convincing of a victory over him is pretty, is pretty ridiculous. And like, the, uh, I, by the looks of it, SOS started with a buy too. Scarlet started from the the NA tiebreaker, tiebreaker and just grinded her way up. So, um, you yeah, know, like a huge shout out for her as well. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the the things I really wanted to really wanted to cover and really wanted to bring up. Uh, how do you guys? How do you guys feel about this? I know that we're kind of going back down the uh, back down the the rabbit hole as far as discussions about this, but I, I would like to hear you guys' feedback on this. So you know I got to talk about Star. I I knew you would. I yeah, knew I'll you let would. You take yeah. that. So and then I'll put in my Overwatch one because I got a lot to say about that. Excellent. So Scarlet's been around for quite a while now. I think at least um, being very competitive in StarCraft at least 2013. So uh, Scarlet's been around for a super long time. Um, I believe she dropped out a little bit right when StarCraft was starting to die initially. I think she dropped out to try to get really good at Dota 2. Um, and I think that never really took off and she came back to StarCraft. And this is actually I, an amazing accomplishment. Um, I know like uh, StarCraft isn't doing the best in terms of esports, but SOS is one of the best StarCraft II players by far. Like, this is definitely not an easy thing to, to do. So this is definitely an amazing, amazing feat. And there's only, like, a handful of non-Korean players that can say that they have gotten close to this level, um, maybe even not this far. Um, I would probably say Stefano, Huck, um, Jinro, and Scarlet are, like, four in the entire history of StarCraft. Are like four of the only good players that weren't Korean to get to this kind of level. So it's really amazing. And Scarlet, of course, has a super, super, an amazing story. Started off like uh, like her 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 first foray into esports was actually just custom map making in Dota, or I guess it was Warcraft three at the time, but making just like custom maps and stuff, and then came up in Dota and then got into StarCraft and stuff. 
Oh yeah, I, I like as basically as you're telling me this, I'm like reading through like her trivia page, and yeah, the, the as uh her and her brother, I guess, were like yeah. big uh yeah big Warcraft map makers. The other thing is crazy too is uh that you mentioned through his name, I believe Huck is also Canadian, but that was a that was a big thing about Scarlet yeah. too is that she's a Canadian Canadian as well. Um, and I also I also think it's super dope that she's like known as the Queen of Blades. Like that's like the title she's been basically given at this point. Um, and for some reason, like. Canada is just really good at StarCraft. Like, they, they have really good pro players. Uh, their collegiate scenes, like, Toronto is amazing. Like, they, they're really good at StarCraft. I don't know what you guys are doing up there, but good stuff with StarCraft. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either, man. But, yeah, no, it, like, and that's just it. I thought it, was, uh, I thought it was super dope to see. And, like, again, like, uh, as you were saying, like, SOS is a pretty pretty dedicated or uh, uh, decorated player. Like, I mean, he's... He's the real deal. So yeah, for her to take that off of, uh, to take that off of, and like, and again, a convincing fashion. Like I, I made sure to watch the games, and I was like, holy shit! Like she just, there was like, there was like no mercy on, like on her side, man. It was like I, and as somebody who doesn't like knows like basically the bare minimum about StarCraft, watching that was still, pr- it was pretty, uh, pretty enjoyable. So yeah, no. Um, Andrew, do you want to weigh in on uh, Jujuri? Well. When your team starts sucking in the Overwatch League, just bring in the Koreans. <laughs> um, so she, she, I mean, so I'm, I'll be talking a little bit about her, a little bit about just Shanghai Dragons as a whole. I mean, they're just horrible. Um, and I mean, there's, I mean, you understand why they're bringing in her, two other South Koreans, and then another South, uh, I mean, another Chinese player. They kind of round out the roster. It is so incredibly needed. Watching this team is just so hard. Like. It's almost like the Browns of the NFL. Like, you want them to win just because you feel so bad for them. And I remember coming into the uh, Overwatch League, a lot of people were really kind of skeptical about why she wasn't on the roster. People believe she should have been on the roster from day one. Um, Maybe not the Shanghai, maybe not uh, Seals, but she should have been on a roster. So a lot of people were surprised by this. So I'm not too surprised that she did end up getting on a team eventually. I mean... There is a lot going on with her background there. She's been accused of, yeah, boosting, hacking. Um, maybe not hacking, but uh, just all kinds of really sketchy stuff. So I think that's the main reason why a lot of people didn't bring her up. And she's definitely not going to put up. I mean, someone's going to ask her in an interview right off the bat, like, how do you feel about being the first Overwatch uh, female Overwatch player? And she'll probably just dismiss the question as a whole because that is not why she's there. Like you said, she's there to play. So I think... She's going to do well in the Overwatch League. I'm so glad to kind of finally see someone there. I mean, her champion pool isn't the best for what's meta right now. So I don't think she's going to come in and instantly take over the league. Um, but I think she'll be a big impact. She should hopefully help Shanghai have a better second um, stage. I mean, they couldn't do any worse. So <laughs> Yeah, true enough. So, no, I, I, I'm happy with this. I mean, I wasn't too surprised when I saw the news. Um just I wasn't surprised that Shanghai was making any kind of moves, and I definitely think they could use a little bit of uh, media hype too, considering the whole country of China thinks they're a disgrace at this point. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't have too much to say. I'm I'm glad to see it. I'm hopefully it kind of brings up the competitive level because obviously you want to see as many teams being competitive in whatever esport possible. So I don't have too much to say. I just wanted to use my opportunity here to shit on the Shanghai Dragons. <laughs> As much as I can. Yeah, no, but. see, like, I didn't, um, I guess I didn't know that, like, she was, like, um, I, like, I mean, her rank speaks for herself, right? Like, I mean, like, I mean, 
six top six overall is pretty ridiculous. And uh, yeah, like I guess I, I guess I'm sure for a lot of um, other like people who are into the Overwatch scene, like probably thought this was a move that was going to happen already. So nobody's really surprised. Um, where I feel like guys like myself who don't really have a shit ton of exposure to the scene um, see this and like, oh, this is dope. This is wicked. Where where like all the diehard fans are like, oh yeah, this is this was bound to happen anyways, right? So and I I, I do hope she kind of basically as soon as like because yeah, I think you're right. I think it's gonna come up in an interview like immediately where she's gonna be asked like you know how do you you know what do you think of like all the claims and stuff like that and she's just gonna be like I don't I don't care like I, I i'm just here to play overwatch so yeah no no that's uh that's pretty dope I'm, I'm i'm glad this wasn't this wasn't surprising news for the overwatch scene i guess is 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 kind of bad slash good as that sounds like i mean i'm, I'm happy this this is just like this is an expected move more than anything um yeah, it had to happen i think if she wouldn't have been added this season she would have been probably added to an expansion team or something kind of like that down the road i mean if she still would have been playing of course but so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say like, oh, I knew this was gonna happen to this team, like yada yada yada. But like, she's a good enough player that is known in the Overwatch League, and I'm not even huge in Overwatch, and mm-hmm. I've heard of her. So yeah, ex- yeah, exactly, right? Like, like, cause I know you can say I wouldn't say you consider yourself casual, but you consider yourself like, uh, you know, a pretty, or no, yeah, I guess I guess you would say you're more of a casual player than anything. So yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, wicked. That's dope. Um, I think this is the time of the night where we get to hear uh, Dylan basically hit us with uh, with word vomit. I think this is what's... Yeah, Professor, uh, Hell yeah. Professor Dylan, <laughs> introduce us to our topic of the night. Yeah. All right, so let's... Uh, we're going to go right into the, the fighting games talk. And I had a really good conversation with Peter uh, Zenos King um, the other week. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, we put out the interview with him, and he's a super big fighting games play- player and streamer and stuff, and we got to talk about a couple fighting games, and Evo's coming around, and that's going to be super hype, and so what they did is they had a stream with Red Bull, because uh, I guess Red Bull's like the big sponsor this year uh, for Evo, so if you guys don't know what Evo is, is basically fighting games aren't like each fighting game in itself isn't big enough to warrant like a big world uh tournament or anything like that or world championship and so for years and years and years they all kind of have been coming together for just a big huge kind of convention sort of is the best way to describe it um it takes place over three days and they have every fighting game you could ever think of there so there is the main stage ones where um, basically you'll see the main fighting games, the most popular fighting games. Those are the ones that are on the big stage. People watch those. They're streamed and everything. But besides that, they have just side tournaments of like every single game you can think of. If you can think of any super random, tiny, obscure fighting game that ever has been released, it is probably there in some form. It's crazy. And it's super amazing. I really want to go to it one year. Um, but it's... I think it's always in Las Vegas um, is always oh, yeah. the thing, too. And so they always hype it up with that. Um, but this year, uh, the tournament lineup is Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, which is a new game that's coming out, which is uh, Blaze Blue, Persona, and Ruby. the Like that Rooster Teeth like online show, which is really kind of strange a little bit. Um, it's definitely a super interesting mix because Blaze Blue and Persona have all, both been their own fighting games, and 
it's interesting whenever they do kind of cross games like that. So this is very similar to like a. It's gonna play out like an anime fighting game, but also kind of like um, Tekken Tag, or yeah, Tekken Tag Tournament, or sorry, not Tekken, uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Um, okay. And then you got the Smash Brothers games. You got Super Smash Melee and Super Smash uh, Four. Um, that's not a super big surprise. Um, Smash obviously has blown up to crazy, crazy proportions, and it's been on the main stage. It's gonna continue being on the main stage. I'm not super big into the Smash community, but I was kind of interested to see that um, Smash Wii U is there for Smash 4. I'm not sure about the numbers with it. I, I still think Melee is the more popular one. Um, so I think it's interesting they have two versions of Smash in the in the main tournament games. Uh, then you have Injustice 2, which is it's been pretty popular now for a while. Um, that wasn't a super big surprise. Tekken 7, which is uh, almost a year old. It's get, it's getting up there about a year old or so. But this was a super good Tekken game. All the Tekken players absolutely love it, so I'm super glad it's there. I'm not a big Tekken player. Um, I'm not really too good at 3D fighters, but this is like the 3D fighter, and it's really good. And then there's a n- new game coming out called Guilty Gear. Actually, no, this isn't new. This is... It's been out, but they're patching it soon. Guilty Gear Xrd R2, which Guilty Gear is, like, insane. So it's an anime fighter, and the whole premise of it, it's, like, really over the top, and it's, like, a weird Japanese take on rock and roll, and it's, like, it's super bizarre. Like, uh, there's a character that's just based on Axl Rose, and, like... It's it's just so weird. It's like a super weird game, but it's it's good, well designed. It looks really good, and that's going to be there. Street Fighter Five is going to be there, which that is pretty pretty much a staple I, from yeah, what I understand. Yeah, it's a staple. Yeah, the main the very main game of of Evo has always been Street Fighter. Street Fighter has been the game like for fighting games for like forever now since like Street Fighter Two. So. Uh, no big surprise there. Even though Street Fighter V hasn't been the best, people have kind of been unhappy with the game. It's still the most popular um, game. Everyone's playing it. And then out of nowhere, when it was totally a coin toss if it was going to be in there or not, a super, super hype game, Dragon Ball Fighters, is going to be there. Yeah. Which I'm super happy about because that game is sick and it's super hype. And it is it is like blowing up like a lot of people who don't even play fighting games are getting this game just because it's a dragon ball game and like it is it is like the most perfect version of what you thought think uh like a dragon ball fighting game would be it looks really good all of it is just like super well drawn it's like 2d so it's not like that weird 3d fighting games that dragon ball had that like it it just like looked a little bit weird like this looks like it looks like Dragon Ball. Um, all the moves and stuff are just super hype and over the top, and there's like super long combos, and so it like really feels like Dragon Ball. And on top of that, it's mega accessible. Like anyone can kind of pick up this game and play it. Now, like high level execution is still really hard to do, but like if you're going in there and you're just playing story mode, you're just playing against your friends, you can go in there and you can just do really hype stuff. So by, like, I don't want to, I don't so, want to say it just by mashing buttons, but but basically they have auto combos that just you can automatically do like hype stuff. Okay, cool. So like low low floor, high ceiling kind of deal. Exactly. Okay. And I think 
that is the most perfect thing you can do for a fighting game. Like, super recognizable characters, looks really good, and is really easy. The only thing I, I have against the game is the, like the menu system is super, super weird. Cause it like, so it like brings you into like a lobby, like a virtual lobby area where you have to walk to the different modes. It's oh. like really weird. Yeah. It's like a hub world. It's really weird. So it's not like normal menus. Um, but besides that, it's super good. And then the biggest, I think the biggest news about the announcement was the non-announcement of Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite not being there. And this is a huge disappointment because Marvel vs. Capcom has been the number two. It's always been Street Fighter and Marvel have been the two games that always dominate. And to be honest, sometimes Marvel vs. Capcom was way more hype than, than Street Fighter. I know there's tons and tons of tournaments of where I would just watch Marvel vs. Capcom 3 just be blown away with it. And then sometimes Street Fighter is boring. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite came out, and it was it, it was a disappointment. It wasn't a bad game. By no means was it bad. But it just wasn't Marvel vs. Capcom 3. It, like, wasn't super great. Like, it, it's a good game, but it's not a great game. And it's not... There's nothing super interesting and spectacular about it. And then so everyone was just kind of disappointed in it. And Capcom has been really slacking lately on their fighting games. And I don't know. I guess uh, normally there's like seven games at EVO, uh, about seven-ish games. And I guess they were like, you know what? I don't think Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is going to be good for the main stage. So let's, let's not include it. And it's heartbreaking, but it makes sense. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I don't know, like, especially with... I think if the if we didn't have um, if we didn't have uh, you know Dragon Ball Fighters, I think that was where probably would the shift happened. Whereas with yeah. like it was something that's so accessible, like so nostalgia driven, so and like again, like you said, like um, like really accessible too, right? I think that's probably why they kind of got the boot. Plus, it's not like a great looking game like i mean i've talked to my co-workers about this and like he like my my co-worker is basically the only reason i know anything about evo because he's like maybe watch it and shit like that so i actually have like i i i have a decent knowledge of it like uh 801 strider is probably my favorite guy to watch um but like it's it's crazy he was basically once he told me i was just he was just like he's like yeah man like it's just nobody's happy with it nobody likes it um it's got, it got the boot. It's just ridiculous. So, no, I think that's, um, I mean, I don't know, man. I guess if you want your game to be big, you gotta, you gotta stay on the quality control, right? Like, yeah, I mean, that, that's basically what everyone's been saying to Capcom because they, they do Street Fighter and they do Marvel and that's their two big fighting games. And they just been like really slacking, like, they, they, they put things in place that make you think that they really are into it and they like want to take it somewhere. So during Street Fighter 4's run, Capcom was like pretty hands-off for the beginning part and then they started patching the game and then they eventually did the Capcom Pro Tour, um, which is just basically like a, a pro circuit for the game where you can go and earn points. And there's actually another uh, tournament... Um, I forget what it's called. It's like in it's in November, but it's like their finals, like their big finals. So it's like for Street Fighter, it's usually the number two tournament. Um, I think the prize pool is a little bit bigger than Evo's, but in terms of like 
prestige it's definitely number two mm-hmm. um but they had that and that was super good and that was that worked really well and then leading up into street fighter 5 they just hyped the game up and they seemed like they were super into like you know like oh you guys like fighting games and you want to play at a competitive level let's do all these things to, to bring it there and they just fall short and it really sucks because they did things like isn't so, like isn't like one of the like the like you can like you could buy the like the evo like stage kind of thing as like a, as yeah. like yeah 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 stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I, like they, they even have stuff like that and um so a big thing in, in street fighter 4 was the different versions of the game because mm-hmm. it was really hard to play locally with people unless you lived in big areas of where people played obviously so you can like uh, like you would go down to tournaments, your local tournaments, and that's where you get your big practice. But besides yeah. that, it was online play. Now the big issue was there were separate versions of the game, and they weren't cross-play because this was like Xbox 360 and PS3 days. And every every good player played on console, specifically Xbox. And so you were at basically a disadvantage if you were a PC player because like you didn't play against anyone good, and you couldn't really get any good training online. And so Capcom was like, oh, well, that sucks. How about we do cross-play? cross, cross And they put that in the game, and, like, their netcode just sucks. And it's just not good. <laughs> and they don't really, like, put, like, I don't want to say they don't put the fourth effort, because they have to, but, like, it just never gets to the point of where it's like, oh, no, this is seamless, this is really good. Oh, we really like this, this is dope. It just, it never really gets that point. Like, they, they put the things forward, but they just, like, don't follow through with it all the time yeah which to me was something like i mean like street fighters like man like it's like world renowned like i mean it's like the fighting game like when you think fighters you think mortal kombat as like as like the pioneers too mortal kombat or street fighter like those are like the big two right so for for here the capcoms just basically kind of said you know like more or less fuck it right like it's just it's really discouraging i mean it opens up avenues for again like you know dragon uh dragon ball fighters and stuff like that but i don't know like something that's such like a mainstay for everybody it's just a a real shame to hear i guess um but uh i guess i going back to that uh, the note of smaller tournaments because i like i i i did this was on something i also wanted to kind of weigh in on um Evo is the only place that you can really watch competitive Killer Instincts, which I thought was always really fun to watch. Um, as somebody yeah. who like grew up with that game, it's really it's really cool to watch the the new version played in competitive. So, yeah, no, it's, yeah. Got, it's, it's like, got a soft literally spot. Literally any game, <laughs> yeah, like even like just super super old games too. Like Marvel vs. Capcom Two is going to be there. Like every version of Marvel is going to be there, but like on the side tournaments. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely excited. Um, we haven't seen a lot of super high level play yet of Dragon Ball Fighters. I know it's looking like uh, this guy named Sonic Fox is going to be the best at it. Um, he's a super super big name in the fighting game community. He is good. He's really good at. I want to say Mortal Kombat. He was like the premier player with the last Mortal Kombat game, and I think he's really good at Injustice too. I'm not 100 sure because I haven't been keeping up with Injustice. But he's really good at that, and apparently he's like one of the top guys with Dragon Ball Fighters, and it's really impressive because 
I think he's 18 now. I think he's 18 now. He's like, uh, he's 19 actually. Yeah, Sonic, he's 19 now. Sonic Fox. Yeah. When he was like, when he was killing it, he was like young. He was like 17 years old, like 16, 17, and he was just going to these local tournaments and just blasting people. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But it looks a bit his uh, his main games was uh, it was Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Whereas two yeah, big ones. Yeah, Mortal Kombat was the one he just like literally no one could t- touch him. It was like ridiculous. Um, but the only high-level uh, Dragon Ball we've been watching right now has been uh, Next Level Battle Circuit, um, which is a stream that's on... Um, I don't remember which days it's on, but it's like a local tournament up in New York. Um, Team Spooky runs it, which they run a ton of tournaments, um, but that's their like local weekly tournament, and that's basically where all the big fighting game locals happen. Um in terms of like the the communities it's like japan has their uh topanga league which they're insanely good because they're just they're, they're like the japanese bonjois that just beat everyone in, in fighting <laughs> games um but like uh nlbc is like the just new york guys because new york is like really good um at fighting games and then there used to be a really big uh west coast one um but they haven't been running it down because I think they had some change of like location or something, um, but yeah, the New York guys—they've been running it and they've been playing Dragon Ball Fighter, and it's been hype. It's been really hype. Um, but I'm excited to see everyone come together and and play some super high level play. I'm excited to see what it's gonna be like. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Evo is gonna be the first first place we get the real taste of like high elo play for this kind of stuff which is going to be which is going to be dope it's going to be a big uh a big eye-opener for a lot of people in that game and i'm sure that's going to only attract more of a crowd like anybody any of the skeptics who are like you know concerned about like i I mean because i feel like there's a bit of a degree of like prestige with some of these games it's like okay like you know yeah this game looks nice and stuff like that but what's the pro play like like you know what's the high elo play looking like so i feel like if evo attracts some of these players and you get to see this crazy crazy amounts like crazy level of play it's going to draw more people in so i think i yeah i think evo's really really playing it smart and i think it's going to be a a wicked wicked thing to watch i don't think i don't think evo's doing anything wrong this year yeah, the worst thing about Evo is we have to wait all the way until August to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the wait. It's the wait more than anything. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's going to be a wait. I think there is um, one or two big tournaments coming up that we will see some of these games at. Um, I'm not 100% sure. I'll have to let you guys know about those. But there is one or two tournaments before Evo that, like, they're usually, like, the prelude to Evo. So, like, after they announce their, like, after Evo announces the games that are going to be main stage, a lot of times these are the tournaments everyone's like, okay, now it's time to start getting serious about some of these games because, like, we want to take it to Evo and we want to, you know, do super well. Yeah, I know. So, for sure, for sure, some of these games like uh, like Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue, like, the games that are a little bit newer and not as popular definitely people are going to be like all right now we need to sit down and like really learn our tech and and see what we're going to do and see see how evo is going to play out yeah no it's gonna be it's gonna be super dope to see some of these debut like i'm looking at like some like blaze blue like screenshots and stuff like that and like this game just looks like ridiculous man these are gonna be this is gonna be fun to watch um andrew i noticed you've been i'm not gonna lie yeah there you go i've said nothing here 
because I feel like I do not belong in this conversation right now. Angie's like, um, I don't understand half the words that they're saying. Yeah. I, I literally have not heard of a majority of the games you guys mentioned here. I've been just Googling and Googling and Googling and trying to figure things out. I know what Evil is. I've watched a little bit of it. I know Smash and all the big ones. I knew going into this that Marvel Capcom Infinite was very bad. I knew Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Fighter was really good. Like, I knew the very base level. Like, you're talking to someone who lost to their girlfriend who had never played a video game before in their life in Street Fighter. That is how bad I am with <laughs> fighter games. So I stay away from this genre. Um, it's really cool, and it just sounds like such a different industry compared to anything I know. It doesn't really seem like any other esport industry. So I'm really like, I just love sitting back and listening to you guys kind of go on about it because I don't know anything about it. But I mean, I'll leave you guys to talk about. It. I don't have much to add to it, but just kind of listening to it is just very educational. See, yeah, the- kind of kind of running off of what Andrew was saying. It is interesting because it is so different from esports that like a lot of people in the fighting game community don't really consider themselves a part of esports because it is so different. Because if you look at the communities that play fighting games and the communities that play like League and Overwatch, they are very, very, very different. Just like the way they act, um, demographics are very different, um, the way that the tournament structure is, even just like kind of personality-wise, it's 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 totally different. Yeah, I think we talked about this like on like one of our very, very first episodes that we got together was that the the comparison of like the I think it was when uh, when the LCS was moving to franchising when we were talking about like you know the fighting game community still runs in like the small local based tournaments and you know they, that is how they like to operate and they they want to stay like that right whereas you know every all like Dota Starcraft fucking you know um, League of Legends they've all moved to like the very like money making you know major revenue sort of thing where like i almost feel like fighting games like the old boys club like i mean it's these guys who just like don't want to ditch like the old methods you know what i mean yeah for sure and like it is it's it's interesting because like if you play league and you're super into league like besides us obviously because we are very big into just esports in general but there's a lot of people that watch league that just watch league mm-hmm. or people that like are super into overwatch and just watch overwatch now obviously that's not everyone and there's there's tons of crossover but like for fighting games it's like if you're into street fighter for the most part you're just into fighting games in general yeah like street fighter might be your main game but like you'd be super down to watch almost all the games at evo like i know all my friends who are into fighting games if they're not at evo they're going to be watching the stream the entire weekend, watching all the games. Yeah, like it's it, that's just it. You're like it's just such a, a a diehard commitment to these to that genre, right? It's crazy. I mean, it's wicked to watch, man. I I I I, I truly appreciate any fanatic of any any genre, right? So I mean, it's it's dope to hear that, like, or it's it, it, like not even to hear because you, you still see it going on. Like they th- th- those guys, like they're they're in it. Like that is. That's their thing. So I don't know. I've always, yeah, I've kind of considered myself a jack of all trades. Maybe not to the same degree of you, Dylan, but I do like. I mean, when Evo's on, I definitely watch it. Like, I mean, just because it's it's so crazy to see. I I and I wish it kind of got more exposure. You know what I mean? Like, I wish it kind of got because I mean, you don't have like the major Twitter names blowing it up. You don't have like you know uh, like I, the score kind of covers it when like it's on but i mean other than that there's no there's no big trades or or like i guess there isn't really any trades i I guess in fightings because like i mean guys are like rooted to a team but i mean they're not like 
I don't know. They could go against their teammates. It's similar to like the StarCraft model. So I don't know. It's just a kind of a different kind of setup, I guess. Well, yeah. saying that, if anyone from the evil marketing community needs an awesome podcast to help out advertise, <laughs> you you got us right here. You can happily just fly us down. We'll do some live podcasts and advertise the shit out of Evo. So just keep that in mind in case anyone knows. You got three guys right here happy to make Evo the next big thing. Yeah, I'm ready for the press pass. Hell yeah, man. Get me there. Get me down there now. Um, I think something actually kind of interesting to look at um, as we were talking about just like esports and the FGC being different. One interesting thing to actually like go back and look at probably would have been Smash coming into the fighting game community because Smash like is kind of a new thing in the fighting game community and their community is very different from the normal fighting game community for the most part because like I said when someone really likes Street Fighter most likely they're into other fighting games. The exception is Smash. A lot of times Smash players are super into that game and almost only that game. Now, like I said with everything, there's exceptions, but like when they were first blowing up um, in 2013, I think is when it, like 2013-ish around that area is when it was like really, really starting to blow up. When they started like, getting into evo and getting on the main stage and stuff it was super interesting to see like the severe pushback because there was there was a lot of pushback from other people in the fighting game community like oh this is not really a fighting game it's very different and what is this yeah Yeah. (laughs) i know uh like i mean i was i I guess in uh, even the local scene like our, our big tournament is is frag for cancer um and i guess they had smash guys basically doing the play-by-play for or i, I guess commentating slash play-by-play i don't know i don't know what you would call it in street fighter i don't know if they are like i don't know if they have like the traditional play-by-play and color commentator um but they got smash guys to do it and i guess there's like a degree of animosity between the two the two genres right like they don't they don't necessarily get along and i even i think even still since 2013 i don't think they still do like i think they still no, like no. <laughs> Despite, like, like I, I mean, they're, like, anybody from the traditional fighting sense, like, like again, like, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, all that stuff, they're not really wrong. Like, Smash Bro, or, like, Smash is, like, a, a definitely a different kind of game, right? Like, it's a, it's a fighter, yes, but it, it's, like, an arena fighter, I guess, if you want to call it that. Yeah, and there's, like, not really a health bar, sort of, even though there kind of is, but it's not, like, a traditional health bar. Yeah, exactly. Like working in like the percentage system and stuff like that. I yeah, I don't know. So I mean, I feel like that. That's a topic on its own. Like <laughs> like on the on like you know the difference between I guess like what makes it like a traditional fighter and what doesn't, right? So, but I mean, I, I've most. I it's gonna be interesting to see these newer like uh, the new Guilty Gear, guilt, yeah, and like the Blaze Blue and that that kind of stuff like kind of get introduced and stuff like that. And you said Persona Five is also being on that list as well no no so blaze blue cross tag battle yeah um is is a cross game so it's blaze blue persona and ruby oh all okay one. all right okay it, it, it's like one of those like it's like a, it's a, it just has it's a match uh, it's like a matchup yeah okay yeah, yeah. yeah so like so marvel vs. cap going except with like one one extra genre sort of sort of deal i guess yeah yeah persona will be there as a side game because it persona does have its own fighting game okay um, but Persona characters are in that one. Right, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, man, oh man, yeah, no. Evo, like, I mean, that's a shitty part about Evo, man. It's just so far away now. <laughs> you, got, you got me all hyped up for it now, Dylan. Yeah, I, I am going to be watching it the entire weekend for sure, but I'll definitely let you guys know about some of the other big tournaments coming up. Uh, definitely at least finals for some of these games are worth watching. Oh, yeah, like I said, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I want to know more about it. So, yeah, keep me in the loop at least. I'll definitely at least check it out and try to learn something. So next time I don't just go silent for 20 minutes while you guys talk about fighting <laughs> games. Um, the other the, the other thing I wanted to ask you in regards to Evo Dylan is um, the placements for that. They they play like what it's it's like it's like uh, like nonstop basically to, to determine placements between the between the games. Do they not like or like where people basically sit in the ladder? I'm, oh no, it's open. It's it's oh, open tournament. It's open. Okay, all right. I thought there was a yeah. Yeah, so you go in and you you sign up. Like I can sign up right now, and I will be put. Well, no, because I think I think it's it's filled up. I think registration is probably full. Okay, right um, on. Maybe not for some of the smaller ones, but like Street Fighter is probably full. So if you get there, you go to the website, you sign up, um, and you you'll get placed into a pool, and you might have literally the best player in the world. And he will stomp you in the pool. Yeah, like infiltration or something like that. Yeah, yeah I, that is that is a totally real thing that can happen. So uh, most of the time, if you're not the professional player, you go to Evo expecting not to make it out of pools. Um, if you go to Evo and you get a win, that's awesome. Like you're you're flying high at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but most of the time, you go and you just get wrecked in pools, and that's but that's what's super cool is that you go. And you could just be matched up against the best player in the world. Like, like how many, like, League of Legends tournaments are out there where you can sign up and then you're just like, oh, I got to play against Faker right now. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's just that you'll never get that, but you still do with the fighting the fighting scene, right? Like, Which I think is dope. Like, that's, like, that kind of, like, that's, like, you can, you can make, like, a fucking movie out of that shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and not only that is you're literally sitting right next to them. Yeah, cause, that's the dope part too, right? Right, like, cause like, uh, during finals, I think they they, they they can separate you a little bit and have two monitors or whatever. But like, I think you're face. These, I think you're face to face. Yeah, yeah, you're face to face. But in these in pools and stuff, you're just playing on the same computer, like or same console or whatever. Like you're sat next to each other. Yeah, which is which is which is crazy and, the, and then you get like this massive crowd behind you too man like eat like yeah yeah it's so hyphy man it's so hyphy to be a part of and shit like that uh fun fact dylan if you want to still join dude registration opens february 15th buddy you can uh, oh yeah it's yeah not, i guess it's not open yet yeah i'm actually i'm on the website right now yeah august 3rd to 5th they even like i mean like it's even a smart move they have book your hotel like on like next like on the main menu like it's it's yep. already like it's all there, man, which is great. Yeah, as soon as uh, as soon as the dates go up, most of the time people start start uh, getting their their hotel booked and stuff because, for the most part, you're going to be playing in there, and if you have a game, it's going to be there in some degree. So, yeah. Now I don't know if they like wiggle the system around a little bit for pro players in terms of signups. So I don't know if it is a first come first serve for everyone, because like, yeah, that kind of would suck if like the, the the best player in the world didn't get into the tournament because like. Yeah, yeah, yeah like no, they never want to sign up. I feel so like I some think, of them are titled. Yeah. Yeah, I think some of them there is a little bit of wiggle room to like make sure that they get their their sign up there or like, 
there there's something here but yeah you can like, like you were saying february 15th anyone can go up and sign up for these tournaments and you will go you'll show up people will call out your name and you'll get sat down next to potentially the best player in the world so dope man such a cool such a cool experience such a unique one you know what i mean like yeah evo is definitely unlike anything else and like you can go to like esports tournaments and they're super hype and stuff but this is just a different animal altogether because it's like it's weird because it is a big tournament but also like you're playing the games too because most of the people that go like you play you, you sign up for a game to play like even if it's a side game like you still sign up to play and like so it's crazy because like you're playing games and then you're watching them and like for the first couple days you're kind of just walking around because like everyone's just playing in pools and so like you're just like standing behind like people playing their games which is weird to stand behind like amazing players but just like spectate them and, from and, over their shoulder yeah exactly just kind of like because i mean like that's just it. like you're you're just there like you're night you're right next to it watching it right like it's it's so immersive you don't have this this massive stage you're like oh like oh this dude is sitting in like this standard ass like office chair in front of me and like you know i can reach out and touch him if i wanted to sort of deal right which i know yeah, is, like, yeah. and like uh fighting game players have like no reservations at all when it comes to like getting hyped up about stuff too like like hype is real at these like people like go insane like it's amazing yeah, like, that's just, that's just it. Like, I mean, I know we've touched on this before as far as, like, personality and trash talk and stuff like that. But if you want, like, I mean, this is, like, the nitty-gritty of this shit. Like, these, these guys are, like, they're the, they're, the, they're the poster boys for, like, emotion and personality in the, in the esports scene, right? Like, it's, it's wicked, man. It's, it, like, it is. Like, I mean, Andrew, I know, I, I hope me and Dylan are selling it enough that, like, it, it'll get you into it, man. Because, like, I mean, if... If you want to see, like, I mean, like, some of these guys are super bro-y, too. Like, that's just it. Like, I mean, the, like, again, the demographic is so weird. Like, again, like, the, the one guy I'm a big fan of, uh, 801 Strider, is, like, he, you expect to see him at the gym on a regular basis. Like, he's he's massive, and he's a super nice dude. But, I mean, like, you're just, it's just so, it's such a weird dynamic, man. It's so bizarre. If you guys book tickets in a hotel room in Vegas, I'll come. <laughs> I'll fly down. I'm I'm that ready to go. No, I'm I'm definitely. You guys definitely got me hyped for it and definitely kind of check it out more. I mean, um, and uh, first of all, I'm serious about that. I'll go anywhere and do anything at any point. But um, no, you guys have done a great job of selling it to me. I mean, I'm definitely in. I'm definitely going to check out some of these games after the podcast and kind of figure out more about it. Like, yeah, you've done an exception every time. This kind of comes up, and even Dota or StarCraft. Anytime you guys talk about something, I'm always sold on it. So yeah, you guys are doing a great job. So I'm kind of curious to kind of see how it all goes, and maybe one day I'll get down there and check it out. It sounds amazing. Yeah, man. Like it's it's yeah. I I've like I would. It's kind of the shitty part about being the East Coast of Canada is that like the accessibility for some of this stuff is just like non-existent. Like I mean, I have LAN ETS, which is like the big thing that runs in Montreal. But, like, as far as, like, Evo and stuff like that, or, like, um, even, like, the other stuff, like, BlizzCon and stuff like that, like, the accessibility just isn't there. I wish I wish North America as a whole would kind of uh, try and evolve to try and, like, recognize that, you know, maybe having more events on the East Coast as well as the West Coast, it would be a good idea. Um, um hello, what about Central? I mean, uh, I'm, I'm in as rough of a shape as you are right now because I have to go to either coast 
just the same to get to anything. I mean, Chicago has Comic-Con. That's really the biggest kind of nerdy thing that they have in the Midwest. I mean, at least you have Comic-Con, dude. Come on, That's man. true. <laughs> Beggars can't be cheap. No, exactly, right? Exactly. Oh, man. Holy shit. But, yeah, I mean, do you guys have anything else? I mean, I know we rambled on about that for half an hour. I mean, that's some really good conversation, but, I mean, is there anything that's going to take less than half an hour to touch on <laughs> if, uh, before the episode ends up? Um. Go ahead, Dylan. If you got anything, uh, Twitch updated their their yes user guidelines. Um, so I guess this is just a really short topic, but uh, the TLDR of it is that they had a problem with harassment, and then they had a problem with sexually suggestive uh, content. And wow, so the way surprise. that they're combating this is they're upping their mod team uh, to look at context more. Like context is going to be a lot bigger thing, so they're not going to just like look at something and ban someone it's going to be looking at the entire vod seeing like what was really going on and so for harassment if they catch anyone like harassing anyone on the platform instantly like indefinite ban like they're like if oh, you're what? like, po- like if, if yeah if you're posting like hateful stuff boom you're off the platform or if you're if you're streaming and you start saying some like hateful stuff boom off the platform forever and this also includes off-platform stuff too so if I'm on Twitter and I'm like a streamer and I'm like saying like hateful stuff to another streamer, they, they don't care if it's on Twitter. Like that's gone. Like no more of that. Um, so they're taking a super hard stance on that. And in terms of the sexually suggestive stuff, obviously they're referring to the IRL section of Twitch. Oh, Pink Sparkles is getting the axe, man. <laughs> so so what? <laughs> they, they were still pretty vague on this, which is really weird. But basically they said if... They, they, they will look at the context of it and if your stream is more of a uh, like if you're selling yourself based on like sexual suggestiveness they're gonna not have that not, not like that's not an okay thing um, yeah IRL is just in a really weird spot right now because they do have that but like some things are okay um, it seems so, like such a gray area right like yeah because it's hard. so actually the way IRL works is you can't just IRL stream permanently. Technically, you can't do that. Um, so the terms of service, I think it says, I, I, I'm pretty sure it says this in there. Um, you can obviously double check, but this was even like an older terms of service thing that to IRL stream, you still have to have video game related content um, in, in, like in between your IRL streams. So I can't, I don't think I could be a pure IRL streamer. Like you have to like actually have some video game content and then IRL stream. Now I don't understand why this is a thing because there's tons of people out there that just IRL stream and don't do any video game stuff. Like, like even non like related to any of that. Like I know there's, I forget his name. Um, It's like Jake something, but like he is just in Japan and he just like IRL streams him in Japan all the time. Just like wandering Um, around yeah, he just like wanders around. He goes and gets food, and he hangs out with people, and he just talks with Japanese people. Um, so I don't know where that that is. See, like things like that are weird because it's like technically it's like not in the guidelines, I guess. So, anyways, IRL is in a really weird space, and they're going to be looking at like context and stuff like that. And all of this is also applying to vods. So mm. if you have a vod in 2012 that you totally forgot about that someone like starts making a ruckus about you could get you can get banned now um indefinitely 
Um, they did say that they're going to be working with some content creators who are currently breaking the rules to kind of get them back in line before this happens. Is it like, like so basically they're already in that gray area and they, it's like, uh, like I don't want to say like they're they're trying to save them, but they're basically just trying to, well, I guess that's essentially what they are trying to do, is they're trying to no, yeah. the save them from... streamers that they can't afford to lose. <laughs> or that... Exactly, exactly. There, There is some of those like, I, I mean, like, uh, this could be having other places, too, but, like, they're, they're big IRL people. A, a lot of them are, are doing sexually suggestive things, and but they're they're big content creators. And so, like, even though that's a big part of their stream, they do provide a lot of just value to the platform itself in their other content. And so they're just going to be going to them and going, hey, you need to tone down this these parts. Yeah. Because, like, with our new guidelines, that's no, no, not okay. So, like, tone down those parts. Um Maybe just clear VODs, and you'll be fine. Okay, what? Well, and that's usually how this stuff works. Like, you always... I mean, you want to enforce it on everyone, but you also have to make a couple exceptions, because you can't afford to lose your biggest streamers. I mean, that's such a big majority of fans. that There's a lot of people that follow just IRL, and if you lose the top three ones, and they go to YouTube or Mixer, like, that can hurt the program... That can hurt the platform in the long run. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something really tough that they're going to have to be tackling... Um, like I said, because there's just a lot of weird gray area and wiggle room, like, um, not, not to drag this on too long, but like, there is a section of uh, IRL and creative um, that do body painting. And so like, these people are just like, really good at like doing body painting, like, like, they're really legit at it. But they're also naked. But it's okay, because it's like art. But the weird thing is like, there's weird things that aren't okay. Like, so there was a uh, um, there was a body artist right on there just doing the paint stuff, and it was like a like a cosplay one, and it was just super well done, right? And like all of it's fine, and then like she was like trying to brush some paint off, and she like brushed too hard and like lactated a little bit, and then got banned because of that. Oh, but I mean like that's like such like that's not even an intentional thing. Like that's yeah, no, but <laughs> it's it's yeah, that's so weird because it's like like. It, it, it's just it's it's a really weird gray space that they're working with in IRL, which I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know how you would tackle that as like a company because like it is one of their biggest plat like one of their biggest areas of the site right now, and they have such interesting and creative content in there. But then there's also like all this weird stuff that could like not be okay that you wouldn't want on there, and it's it's complicated. Yeah, that's, like, I mean, I feel like so many of those is, like, down the rabbit hole scenarios. Like, it's just it's just going to go on for a hot minute of trying to figure out, like, what's acceptable and what's not. Oh. <laughs> so that was that. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I unfortunately don't have anything as ridiculous to bring up. Um, everything else on my end is pretty is pretty tame besides what I brought up tonight. So, uh, Andrew, do you got yeah. do you got anything? I'm kind of the same boat. I, I remember you kind of touching on that. I didn't know if we are going to get to that today. I was kind of more interested in kind of how some of the repercussions happened kind of down the road when they really started enforcing that. So maybe that's this topic that comes back up. But I don't really have much else to touch on tonight either. So I guess kind of with that, um, we can just kind of start wrapping up the podcast. Um, as always, you can kind of find me on every single platform, NIMZ41. You, um, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, anything, come 
chat with me about whatever you want. I'm pretty open and love just kind of getting talking to know everyone. James Dillon, can I take it away? Yeah, didn't you? Isn't your Twitter handle different now? Isn't your Twitter handle like? Or, or... Oh, I just changed it. You're right. Yeah, so, yeah. You... Since I started Twitch streaming, I decided I need to separate the two. So personal Twitter is at Andrew Nimsgern. Um, my Twitch one is at Nims41. So either way, you end up finding me eventually. But yeah, so that has changed now. Thank you very much for bringing that out. Yeah, no problem, totally buddy. Forgot. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at James A-R-E Graham. Um, you can find me on Twitch at uh, Howie, H-A-O-W-I-I. Um, it looks like I horribly misspelled uh, Hawaii. Um, you can also find me on League and Warcraft as well, or I guess the, the Battle.net app. Um, yeah, and Dylan, go ahead, buddy. Yep, and I'm uh, at Beal for Real on most platforms. Feel free to message me if you want to get hype about fighting games. Awesome, and that does it for this week in the Project Esport podcast then. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe or follow. Um, just sharing this podcast with anybody is, is super appreciated, guys. Yeah, and all our new episodes go up every Monday morning, so make sure you subscribe so you can get that downloaded. All right, uh, I'm James. I'm Dylan. And I'm Andrew. Thank you all so much for listening.